Turn in your Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel of John, the third chapter. <laughs> John's Gospel, the third chapter, the fourteenth verse. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us pray. We thank thee, our Heavenly Father, that you hear our prayers. We just bow our unworthy heads before Thee, knowing that You're able to provide all our needs, our greatest need being that of salvation, which includes Thy great mercy that endureth forever. We pray, Father, for Brother Hilly, guide his doctors and physicians in diagnosing and treating him, provide him and his family's needs, keep your protective hands upon them, as well as our pastor also. Guide us in our endeavors to serve thee, we pray. Provide our needs. We just pray for our country that you'd have mercy upon it. Help us to be a shining light to others. Help us to be a witness to others. Guide us in the way of truth. Help us to worship thee in spirit and in truth. We pray that we'd be found worthy to escape the coming tribulation and stand before the Son of Man. We thank Thee, Father, Father, for the promise of our Redeemer's return, what He's done for us, what He will do for us, what He does for us now. Help us to exalt His name above every name, for it's in Christ's name through the power of the Holy Spirit we ask, and for His sake, and amen. We have a lot of typology in the Old Testament that points to... Christ. This is no different. This is one of the passages that most everybody's heard and everybody always plays in. Not a truer statement could be made. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. But in the typology that this that pointing to this passage is the brazen serpent. We stand with our study today, the place, the event, the Passover. This is found in the book of Numbers, the 21st chapter. Numbers chapter 21, verse 1. Start in verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of, the land, up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Is, for there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. 
And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a firing, fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if any serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now the first thing that we see about this, it was God's design. Well, actually before that, it was man's sin. But it was God's design as to the remedy. The brazen serpent, how's that going to heal anybody? Well, the sting of death was from the serpent and the remedy was from one likened to fallen man. We look and read in John's gospel, well, we had one in 29, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, who we look to, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Rome, uh, Hebrews, no, Romans. Hebrews chapter 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, our author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now we look this morning up the place. We looked this morning at how he was our Passover. We look at the victory, what he obtained. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for his people, of whom he will lose none. Isaiah chapter 45. I mean, there's many places we can... Read of the victory. The victory is has been obtained. Isaiah chapter forty five, verse twenty. Isaiah forty five and twenty. I think it's what I'm, Isaiah forty five and twenty, verse twenty three. Assemble yourselves and come draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from the ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. 
I have sworn by myself the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say in the Lord have our righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Why does God use these odd things like a lamb, like a brazen serpent? Well, one thing about it, people remember the, the types that God uses. They may seem odd, but man cannot, as we well know, take plain language. He, he doesn't understand that. He didn't understand that if you eat of the forbidden fruit of the garden, you die. Adam and Eve were put in that perfect situation. We know what happened. The serpent beguiled Mama Eve. Man's fault, but nevertheless, God provided a remedy. And that's what we see with the brazen serpent, which points to the true remedy. Christ being lifted up on the cross. Whosoever looks at, upon him in faith shall be spared. Now, trouble came upon Adam and Eve in the garden. They were hurting in no way. They were in need of nothing. When Christ was tempted, we looked some of this morning, he was at his, he was very hungry, 40 days without food, no doubt weak, at the worst possible state, and he was victorious. David fought a lot of the battles for Israel, kicked back and took it easy. When they were fighting in war, he stayed in in the palace and we know what happened when he looked upon a young woman taking a bath Nebuchadnezzar was enjoying this great Babylon that he had made and as soon as he said is this not they said it in his heart I guess is this not great Babylon which I have built the instant that he said that he was struck with that lycanthropy we live like the animals. We cannot take plain language. We cannot take it easy. Man falls into sin. That's simple. But there again, God provides a remedy. We read about Peter in the book of Matthew, 16th chapter. When Christ said, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, Son of the living God. Done well. He said unto him, Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. A short time later, he was telling Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. 
Thou savorest not the things that be of God and those that be of men. That's after Peter said, You surely should not go to die at Calvary. Man is an odd creature. But as it's darkest before dawn, when things are at the worst, deliverance comes only from the hands of the Almighty. After all, in the end times, Battle of Armageddon, Israel will be facing annihilation. Zechariah 14 and 2 tells us, I will gather all nations, all nations, that is. I'm afraid America is included. To Jerusalem, against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women ravished and half the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off in the city, but there is a redeemer already foreordained. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. He's going to be the enemy of us, I'm afraid. That's when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem in the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. And half the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. That's what's coming. What I'm telling you is never let your guard down. We read in 1 Peter chapter 5 about the roaring lion seeketh who he can devour. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, he's not a friend, he's not an ally. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. God's already provided the Redeemer, the cure. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's as good as done. First Thessalonians five twenty two. Abstain from all appearance of evil. As I said, it's as, it's as good as done. Often mentioned passage in the, the book of Romans, the fourth chapter, speaks about God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those saints which are which be not as though they were. It's just as good as done with him. Man left alone would be no victory. Never let your guard down. Looking at the things that take place presently, the anti-Christian attitude, the anti-American attitude, there are Christians in the world perishing for their faith. When America is no more help to other countries, as it's often done, and you take the Christian 
sentiment of things off the earth. And what are you going to have left? Unrestrained evil. Back to the brazen serpent, it's always been an intrigue to me. Now, the, the serpents bit them are called the fiery, some say the flying serpent. But nevertheless, I'm sure it's the venom was fiery, and those that bit, many of them died. The serpent did not. The serpent had the hand in man's fall. There are two Adams mentioned in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. The first Adam is of the earth, earthy. The last Adam, it doesn't say the next Adam, it says the last Adam, because there would be no more. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45. And so it is written already written Genesis 2 and 7 the first Adam was made a living soul the last Adam was made a quickening spirit Christ can impart life we can't do that Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual natural man the first man is the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Has the power of life. After all, in John 6, did he not say that he had chosen the apostles, the disciples? One of them was a devil. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such as they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now that's a hard for us to wrap our minds around. Glorified body we, we look for. It's coming. We take it by faith. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Jesus Christ is the last Adam. There would be no other. He's a quickening spirit. That serpent points to the serpent that beguiled Mama Eve, bringing death upon the human race, spiritual death. That brazen serpent has no sting in its, within itself. But whosoever looks upon it shall be healed. Observe that between the bite of death, there is an incurable death, and downward, downward spiral, which is the death penalty of sin, over in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, the twelfth verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. If one dies, they're a sinner. Only correct difference was in the, or exception is in Christ. He laid down his life himself. 
We have no power over death. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. You've heard me say that you drive through a city without a posted speed limit. You can drive as fast as you want to. There's no law. Romans also speaks about that. There was no other remedy for man's, or for the, the children of Israel, or in their case, where they'd been bitten by this fiery serpent. There is no, none other name given but whereby we may be saved. This all, once again, points to Christ. Moses couldn't help them. They could not help themselves. It was because of their sin that they were in this condition. They were helpless. And that's exactly where we find ourselves. We're sinners in need of a Savior, and no man can redeem himself. Matter of fact, I think that's even mentioned there in the book of Ecclesiastes. If I can find it. Somewhere around chapter 8. <laughs> Verse 8 of Ecclesiastes 8. There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. We fight a war that... If the Lord don't take us out in the rapture, we're, we're going to die. There's no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. Nobody's going to come up with a scheme to help. There's only one help. That's the brazen serpent, what it was a type of. In the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5. <clears throat> Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. What can we do as far as salvation goes? Trust in the one that the brazen serpent was a type of. The law could not save them. It could not save them in the days of Moses. But looking, and that's, see, they were under law. But this is implying faith. They couldn't touch the brazen serpent. It was lifted up. They were to look upon it. That's all we can do. It seems that Moses was the only one that God would hear. Moses, of course, was a type of Christ good reason to stay on speaking terms with Almighty God so that He hears our prayer. That's something we must always consider. 
In this case here, there was no other remedy. It was by faith. It was by, all by God's design. The remedy had to be published. The remedy had to be believed. That's where we come in. We're the ones that must point others to Christ. I mean, the world looks at John 3.16. Well, John 3.14 points to John 3.16. We must include John 3.14. What this is basically saying is we were sinners in need of a Savior. Without a Savior, we perish. There was nothing else to, to believe in other than the brazen serpent. There was no other means of help to those dying. Nothing would save them of, from the bite of that fiery flying serpent pretty narrow but that was a fact we read nothing of one looking and trusting in God's remedy and still having died that's not mentioned God is God's word shall always ring true everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live and that's what we read and indeed many did look and be and live no doubt many died but we don't read of any that looked in faith and believed and died back to the gospel of john the third chapter the 18th verse he that believeth on him is not condemned if you follow god's prescribed plan you believe on him if you say you believe on him and don't follow his prescribed plan you don't believe on him it's that simple as that he that believeth is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god only savior sinners in light of the fact that many died, it stands to reason that not all had faith. We look this morning there in the book of Hebrews. As I mentioned, we know that the gospel is the power of God into salvation. And man must hear the gospel. But we read in verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. It didn't do them all good. Why? Because not all believed in that brazen serpent. Not all believe in the name of Christ. The word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Simple as that. For by grace are you saved through faith. As said, there was no venom in the brazen serpent. The brass, in this case, the fact that it was brazen, that means it was made out of brass. The altar in the days of the tabernacle and the days of the Old Testament temple was made out of brass. From what I understand, solid brass. Brass takes a lot more abuse Brass will hold up to the heat. 
gold will melt. Brass, it's for withstanding wrath, the wrath of God. The brass take a lot more abuse, just like Christ had to bear. In the Second Chronicles chapter four, verse one, and I know King Hezekiah called this brazen serpent a piece of brass. What happened was, as man is, first he sees truth, then he turns it into an idol, which is exactly what he did. They worshipped the brazen serpent. They were not to worship that brazen serpent they were to worship who it typified second chronicles chapter 4 verse 1 moreover he made an altar of brass 20 cubits their length thereof 20 cubits the length thereof and 20 cubits the breadth thereof. That's 30 feet by 30 feet. 15 feet high. That's a big altar. Chapter 3, verse 8, same book. And he made the most holy house, the length thereof was according to the breadth of the house, 20 cubits, and the breadth thereof, 20 cubits, and he overlaid it with fine gold amounting to 600 talents. The types and shadows, as we looked at this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, is for our admonition, for our learning. And all these things we've looked at, in the typology anyway as I said let me go over and rather than misquote it's actually mentioned in the book of Romans we read it this morning in the first book of first Corinthians the 10th chapter verse 6 now these sayings were for our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters. Some people say, oh, that was the days when they worshipped wood and stone. It's, it's no different today. Be not idolaters as some of them. As is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition to whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, 
lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Idolatry is bad as it ever is. Now, you've heard Brother Joe speak sometime in this. People like to think, well, the Lord will not allow me to be tried beyond that I can bear. Without him, you can, you, you will fail. Job suffered greatly, but the remedy was God. The remedy that we're looking at, we've looked at today, and I'll close with this, is the Gospel of John, the third chapter, where Christ was lifted up, as we've been reading. And read it once again. Verse 14, As Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting, or have eternal life. That's all that I have.